Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a personal branding expert and photographer. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about personal branding and life in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build a business from the ground up when I was terrified to put myself out into the world. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Wherever you are listening today, be sure and pause for just a minute and leave a review. Your ratings and reviews are what help the word spread about the show. If you find the information presented in the podcast helpful, please share it with friends and others and leave that review so that others can find us too. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. Oh my goodness, you guys, we have got the best episode today and I am super, super excited to introduce my friend as well as team member, Laura Shipman. Laura is a social media manager and a podcaster. You can learn more about Laura by listening to her podcast, The Laura Shipman Show. Laura has been working in the and consulting, I should say, in the digital marketing space since 2007. And when I tell you she is a wealth of information, there's no exaggeration there. This woman is absolutely brilliant when it comes to social media and digital marketing. So without further ado, we're gonna dive right in and get to know Laura and learn more about some of her tips and tricks for the trade of digital marketing, but most importantly, her journey from phase one to the second phase and how her life is going since she's transitioned and is an entrepreneur. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. I'm excited to be here. And I think the concept of the show is amazing. I I think it's going to be really just motivating and inspiring for so many people. So thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, Laura. I'm I'm honored you're here. I've been on your show a couple of times and both times were very special to me and you do a really excellent job with your interviews. So if I can come anywhere close to that, I'll be happy. Oh, oh you are so sweet and so kind. <laughs> I mean it really. And, and, you know, I say this to you all the time behind the scenes, because I think when we're entrepreneurs, we're in this world kind of by ourselves and we spend a lot of time alone and we don't really know. We think we're influencing others and we're helping other people, but we don't get a lot of feedback. And I, I really mean it when I say your information that you put out into the world to help other people is phenomenal. I don't know anyone online that is sharing their expertise and putting as much value into the world and the online community. So thank you for that um, because you have really been beneficial to me as far as my own business growth as well. So thank you. Thank you for saying that because it is so true. You don't get a lot of feedback. And I just know when I share content and value and things like that, I look at myself how I was maybe a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago and thinking, what would that person need? 
And um, a lot of people don't tell you the how, and I give away all the how, and, and that's how I approach it. You do, and as we talk more about your journey, it's gonna be interesting to, see, to hear more about your hows and how you learned the, the how-tos and, and the how-not-tos as well. So why don't we just dive in a little bit and you tell us a little bit about you. I'd love to hear, We obviously we know your name, but where you live and um, a little something about you personally, since this show does have um, a priority of focusing on personal branding for that second phase. So tell us a little bit more about you. Cool. Well, I live in a small town called Odessa, Florida, and it's actually just outside of Tampa. And um, we're just north of Tampa. It's a great little community that we live in. And um, I have a daughter who is in her first year of university over at Florida State University. And we've had this conversation a lot about like how different that is when um, you're a parent watching your, your child go off to school. And then um, I'm married to my husband and he is actually Canadian. And I grew up in Canada. I went to high school and graduated from high school in Canada. And we grew up probably 10 miles from each other, but met in Florida in our adult life. Like it was kind of crazy how we grew up so close, but actually met in Florida. So That's yeah, and a I have world, right? It is a small world. And um, when I met him, because I spent so much time in Canada, I just kind of felt when I met him, it was like being back home again. Do you know what I mean? It was just so comfortable. And, um, and we have two little Shih Tzus who hopefully they don't cause any ruckus while we're on the podcast together. <laughs> I've heard them bark a time or two. Yeah. <laughs> Not today, but, Not today. but in the past. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're darling. You've shown oh, them on you. social media every now and then, and they're super cute. Yeah, they're my little my little buddies, and the one dog. Um, we'll probably have a story about him as we go through the second phase and all of that stuff, and how important he is um, to me and in, in kind of my backstory. So, yeah. Oh, good! I can't wait to hear more about him. <laughs> yeah. So, tell us, Laura, what was your first phase when you like? Tell us about you mentioned high school and college. Mm -hmm. What did you do? when you first graduated and became a, an adult? Yeah, so I went to a small uh, school up in Massachusetts called Merrimack College and I got my degree in psychology. And then when I graduated from there, I didn't go on for my master's or my doctorate or anything like that. And um, I probably should have, but I didn't. And so I ended up in corporate America and I started working for an independent medical examination company for an insurance company, for insurance companies who, you know, investigate people who claim workers' comp and stuff like that, liability cases. And um, I just got like sucked into cor the corporate America side of things. Um, they began to grow and they transferred me to Miami, Florida, which is how I got to Florida from Boston. And I was their office manager and I was setting up their new offices in Florida and did that for a couple of years and kind of just met my ceiling. And then I moved on to Ernst & Young, which was back then um, a big six accounting firm. And then they had a huge healthcare consulting um, part to the business. And so I was in their healthcare consulting business for a while. And then after that, I took a major shift and got recruited away to Sunglass Hut, which back in the day, it was located in Coral Gables, Florida. And I was there for years and I did, oh, it's just an exciting job. I loved it. I loved being on the corporate side of retail. 
I was their um, communications manager back then. And so that's where I think my love, and it's kind of a weird, weird segue, but that's where my love for content marketing comes from and communicating with people. And back then social media didn't even exist, like the internet barely existed back then. But my job was to communicate and inspire and educate 2000 store managers all across the United States. And that's like a big charge. And you really need to know how to talk to people in a written way where everybody's understanding what you're saying. And so you have to find that common ground where every, you can't talk above their heads and you can't talk below their heads. You need to be really tuned into, I guess, um, kind of what their why is, what lights them up, what fires them up so that they can make their sales by the end of the day. So that's kind of where I fell into content marketing, not knowing that that was really content marketing back then, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, the definition of content marketing is completely different today because today it's all online. Yeah. You were either doing presentations or I guess by email because mm-hmm. I mean, even back, I mean, I was in the corporate world at about the same time you were and really video conferencing wasn't even a thing. You, if it was, it was new. It, it had just come to fruition. Yeah, well, when we used to communicate with the stores, it was really strange because they got their communications from us on register tape. So I had to work within like, I don't know, four inches wide. And then every morning I would send messages out to the stores and I had to make sure that this message wasn't too long because it would use up all the register tape, you know what I mean? So it was kind of interesting how we communicated with the stores back then. And um And then we did like mailings too, but like on a daily basis, I communicated through the POS systems on register tape. Oh my gosh, that's fascinating, really. When you think about like kids these days would not even be able to relate to that. Mm -mm, Not at all, not at all. And and that's why, that's where I come from. Um, My background when I was communicating with them had to be bite-sized pieces of information that's easy to consume that isn't going to go on for a long time because anybody who's worked retail knows you can't spend time doing paperwork and all this stuff. You're there to serve the customers. And so, yeah, it was kind of like a crash course on how to really communicate efficiently and effectively in as little of words as possible. You do, we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into what you do now, but I Mm -hmm. would say that definitely served you well because you're very clear and concise in all Mm -hmm. of your communications that you do online now. And before I I forget, I just want to, I briefly mentioned before that you're one of my team members. Mm -hmm. And when I reference that, I'm talking about the brand insider program, which is the program where I I customize um, personal branding for entrepreneurs, small business owners, even mid-sized businesses. And Laura is our social media consultant and social media manager. So she's part of our program and has done an incredible job working with the clients in the program, educating them on not only the importance of social media, but the impact of social media and how to use it effectively. So um, when Laura is talking about using these the content creation and what you learned back in phase mm-hmm. one to applying it to phase two, it's you've done a remarkable job with it. And I I think it's you're a lesson or a person that everyone can learn lessons from. So to speak. oh, thank you, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you to say. Um, okay, so now we know a little bit of your your history, little background mm-hmm. about you, and how you sort of 
translated what you did before to what you do now. So tell us about your journey from phase one to becoming a digital marketing expert that you mm -hmm. are today. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to when I became pregnant with my daughter, I decided I didn't want to work in corporate America. And so I stayed home for a couple of years with her. And then my parents approached me and they said, we want to go ahead and open a franchise in St. Petersburg. And, you know, you've got all this retail experience. We would love for you to do it with us and help us and guide us along the way. And I'm like, sure. I mean, that's right up my alley. Well, as we were going through the setting up of this franchise, um, I got really sick. I was actually in my hairdresser's chair and um, they were coloring my hair and they had these heat lamps on me and it's August in St. Petersburg, Florida and it's steamy and it's hot and I have all this extra heat on me and all of a sudden the room started spinning and it would not stop. And um, they called 911. I was shaking. It was just like a really bad scene. They called 911, threw me into an ambulance, and I ended up in the ER. And, you know, just to stop, like not to go into the gory details, but I was nauseous. I was sick. And this went, went on for days. Like I was in the hospital for about a week to 10 days. And um, I went through a bunch of testing. And one day I woke up, and there's a neurologist by my bedside. And he's holding my hand and he said, I just need to tell you something. I said, okay. He said, um, you have what I believe to be probable multiple sclerosis. And he had to say the word probable because they didn't do all the tests to confirm it at that point. And he's like, I just want to let you know that this is what you're dealing with. I'm going to run a couple more tests and then we'll know by the end of the day. And sure enough, they ran the tests and it came back that I had MS and I was just devastated because at that time when he's telling me, I thought my life would never be normal again because I couldn't see and I couldn't walk and I could barely just sit upright. And I thought anything that I knew about my life is gone, like just gone. And so they discharged me from the hospital and in a wheelchair and sent me home and the, the room was still spin, spinning. Like I still, I couldn't see, I couldn't walk and I had extreme vertigo that just was not going away. And so um, I remember lay, laying in my bed at home, I was alone, might think God my parents were nearby. I mean, they were my rock and my support during this time without them. I don't know how I would have ever gotten through what I went through. And at the time I was a single mom too, because this all happened um, on the heels of, of my first marriage ending. So you've got to realize I'm a single mom who just, you know, ended the divorce ended and I had a toddler, you know, she was like four years old and I'm laying there in bed and I'm thinking to myself, this can't be you going forward. You have a little one to take care of and you got to figure this out. So I, um, you know, forced myself to walk every day, clinging onto walls and I got stronger and stronger. And then, um, short story, or, you know, to make a long story short, I ended up going into remission with my multiple sclerosis, scler I can't even say it, my MS. And, um, but I still wasn't strong enough to work outside the home. And this is back in 2007. And I took my last $60. I mean, literally it was my last $60. 
And I thought there's got to be a way for me to work from home. Telecommuting wasn't really a thing. Nobody was embracing it. And I started searching the internet. And you got to remember back then there was not the internet that we know today. Like Facebook wasn't alive. Twitter wasn't around. Nothing was around. And so I'm searching and I found this little website called guru.com. It was just full of freelancers. And so, but I had to join um, in order to find clients. And so I spent literally my last $60 and signed up for, it was a gamble for me. And within 24 hours, I had my first little job. And then 24 hours after that, I had my second little job through Guru. And the second little job I had turned my life around. And I really believe that God and the universe really lines you up with the certain people that need to be in your life at that time. And so I met this guy, his name was Mike Domish. And he was from Wisconsin, or he is from Wisconsin, and he is an international speaker. And his platform is the Date Safe Project, and it's a really cool platform. And we still keep in touch today, and um, it, it's amazing. So basically, what his platform is is he speaks to high schools, universities, and militaries, military um, bases about consent and respect as it come as it applies to dating. And so he needed me to write content for him and come up with all sorts of um, activities that he could, you know, do in breakout sessions and things like that. And then he said to me, hey, there's this huge convention going on in New York City. I'd like you to come with me as my virtual assistant. I'm like, well, what's a virtual assistant? I was a virtual assistant. I didn't even know I was a virtual assistant at that time, right? And so um, it was, it was great. And he, he basically took me under his wing. He flew from Wisconsin. I flew from St. Petersburg at that time and met him in New York city. And he paid for my flight, my hotel room, and um, put me on the VA track um, of this conference that supports speakers. And without that one little training piece, I mean, he literally just took me under his wing and just like gave me all the resources that I needed to make sure that I could, you know, support him the way he needed to be supported. And that basically started where my business is today. And, um, and so I just wrote content for him and I helped him with his, his book. He has written a couple of books. I've helped him edit books and things like that. And a lot of the exercises that he uses today were things that I created for him. So it was really cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I just, a world my eyes were opened up to. Wow. So that's fascinating. So a couple, I have a couple of thoughts on that. One, um, I love how you said that, you know, God never leaves you alone or, or ex- I don't remember your exact words, but it was that you knew he was there kind of guiding you and, and mm-hmm. looking over you and putting you in the right place. And it's almost like he sent Mike to be the angel that you needed at that mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and to be given the gift of free training. Mm-hmm. Like, that's amazing. It was incredible. I think like everything, like me getting MS and me being um, forced to figure out a way for me to provide for my daughter and myself. And if I hadn't had those experiences in my life, I probably would never have been an entrepreneur because I would have stayed, I would have stayed inside my comfort zone of working for corporate America. I would have never spread my wings. And it's just amazing that when you go through something so life-changing and something that kind of grabs you by the shoulders and shakes you to say, smarten up and figure it out. 
everything's figure outable. It really truly is. So if you're sitting there in your business right now, or if you're in your nine to five and you want to break out of that, it's there. It's there inside you. You don't have to go to the depths where I was, you know, a single mom broke with a debilitating disease to figure it out. You have it inside you already. So don't waste the time. Like just right now, just wake up and figure it out. Like, and it, all it is, it takes one little step a day, one little movement. I don't know. I don't care if that one little movement is figuring out how to get your LLC or if it's writing a blog post or if it's just scheduling time on the weekend to get your, your side hustle going. There's something inside you that is there to help you guide you through that whole part of figuring it out. Um, yeah. So that's basically, I just don't go through the hard stuff like I did. Don't let it go that far. Yeah. Um, you know, really take advantage of it now. I, I love that you just said what you said in terms of it's within you. And mm-hmm. as a personal branding strategist, I talk a lot at, about finding your values, your visions, and your passions and marrying them. And it's, it's an equation. Those three things added together equal what your personal brand could be or what your niche could be. Mm-hmm. So uh, just since you just kind of alluded to that, what are your value, your values and your visions and your passions? Like, can you let us in on some of those little inside secrets of what not only what you went through, but kind of what pushed you through what you went through and those core values and visions and passions that still keep you going today to, to thrive and to strive to be better every day. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the first thing that really just pushed me is my daughter. Like she was so young. I just, I did not want her to, she was like my driving force. So that was kind of the energy behind it. Cause I wanted to give her the best life possible. But then beside that, um, the things that kind of drive me to do what I do every day is I just love innovative things. So I always look for like something that's new, different. Um, I love technology, anything innovative, basically. Um, honesty and simplicity, I think is really important to me. I feel like I am an open book and kind of what you see is what you get. Like I'd never have an ulterior agenda or anything like that. Um, it just, it is. And I'm going to, and I'll be honest with everybody who I deal with and especially my clients and stuff like that, you know, we just have open conversations. And the other thing that's really important to me is that people have access to me and especially um, the clients who I work with, because I, re- I find it's really important. I'm representing their brand. Um, and so I need to be accessible to them. So if they have a question or if they need to tell me, I need you to go down this path a little bit. I need them to be able to feel really comfortable talking to me and being able to contact me any way they can, whether it's by text or phone or whatever. And one of the things that I work for a bunch of different clients and they're all very different. And one of them is a restaurant and a lot of social media managers or people probably would not embrace their schedule. Like I embrace their schedule. So as a restaurant, they're basically working when everybody else is playing. And so that means like, I need to be available on Friday nights and Saturday nights for them. And during the holidays, because they're serving their customers then. And if they need to get a message out to their customers, I need to be available. And so I think those are the things that kind of drive me to do what I do is just being available. Um, People are comfortable, hopefully talking to me 
um, you know, in the simplicity, it doesn't have to be that hard, <laughs> you know, um, to get your message out there. And that's what I try and do. Those are the things that that's how I kind of form, form formatted my business. I think we all have a tendency to make life harder than it really mm -hmm. needs to be. And sometimes the answers are right in front of our nose. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I see that. And I work when I work with um, a lot of new people to social media and content marketing, and they get so wrapped up in the tech part of it and they let it intimidate them when it doesn't have to be that way. Cause there's so many tools out there now that simplify the whole entire process. Like you don't need to know code for anything like you used to. Um, cause I remember, Oh, fighting that battle. And a lot of the stuff that I've learned, um, has been self-taught just because I didn't have the resources way back when to pay for classes and stuff. So I dove into the internet and wrote, read blog posts. I mean, this is before YouTube. And I went to the bookstores and I would park myself in a, in a bookstore and just read until I could figure it out myself. And it's not like that anymore. You have the answers in front of you and somebody's going to show you how to do it. You just got to look for it. Have you ever wondered about personal branding and what it actually is? Have you ever been curious about personal branding photography? Well, in my Brand Insider Lookbook, I have all the answers for you. The lookbook includes everything you need to know about personal branding photography, how to overcome the fear of being in front of the camera, how to prepare for a photo shoot, and even how to choose a photographer. At the end of the lookbook, we even have a whole series of different poses and looks and ideas so that you can use those resources to create your shot list for the next time you have a branding photo shoot. To learn more and to download the free lookbook, visit my website, www.robingrahamphotography.com forward slash resources. I hope you enjoy it. Really compared to the resources we had to use in years past now, you've got, if you just start pushing buttons, you're going to find an answer. You know, <laughs> you're you know, so right. Like Instagram, if you just start going to the different, you know, the hamburger menu or the, or the three dots, like you can find a plethora of things that you just have to take a minute to explore it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they're afraid to explore it because I think they're afraid to break something. Yeah. But it, it, you're not going to break anything. Yeah, something may not look right, but it's always fixable. It's you're never going to break it. So <laughs> yeah. So you you said something and you know about being honest and having simplicity and as well as access. And I think all of those things um, bring me to the thought of authenticity, mm -hmm. which I know that word authenticity is almost overused nowadays. Um, but it really is important. I think you said, you know, you're open with your clients and you have open lines of communication with them. And I think in order to start a business or grow a business, you have to have that. I think that honesty, integrity, if you don't have values that people are going to respect and appreciate and, and be what they're looking for, it's going to be hard to maintain a good client base or to have a referral resource. Yeah. And I think you also have to be open to making mistakes and being okay with making mistakes. I mean, it happens like all the time. I mean, I'll have something go out with a typo in it or, you know, something will happen. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not 
the most, um, it's not exactly what I wanted to go out, but at least I got my message out, but at least I can also accept the fact that I'm human and I make mistakes. And, and I think you have to do that in order to grow in your business is just be open to like screwing up every once in a while, you know? And I think genius comes out of that too. Like, I think if you, if you don't screw up, you're never going to grow. Like, I I don't think. I agree. I agree. And sometimes it's the tiniest little mistake that we make that enables us to learn and and really launch ourselves into a higher, better place. Yeah, I've learned actually through my mistakes and screw ups and things like that, I've noticed like I've created products or, you know, downloads or something just as a result of that. I'm like, somebody else is making this mistake too. How can I help them? And how did I fix it? Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. And I think, um, you know, just like you're, you're telling your story on here today to, to give people that hope that you may be in a, in a place where you're, you don't really see hope or you're, you feel kind of lost, that there is always an opportunity for that second phase. Mm-hmm. And I think that anything that we go through, if we can share that with others or use those experiences to then serve other people and help other people is so beneficial. Yeah. And your business is going to go through phases too. Like if I look at my business, it's been basically the same business all along, but as technology has, you know, come on the scene, like social media and all of those things, you kind of find your lane. And my business has gone through two names basically. So at first it was virtual assistant on demand, like that's who I was. But then when social media came along. I'm like, this is where I belong is in social media. And then the business, you know, my LLC now is called Shipman Media. And that just kind of is a broader umbrella. And you learn these things as you grow in business on how not to pigeonhole yourself into one little place. And that's why I always tell people too, is when you are starting a business, don't try and stay in, in, like, don't be, how do I say this? Um, make sure that your business it can grow as you do and as new things come on the scene. Like don't try and pigeonhole yourself just in one simple lane. Make sure that that lane is expandable, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, because that makes sense. Yeah. And so, you know, we talk a lot about um, niching down and finding your niche, but I think in the beginning, when you're just starting out, you have to kind of explore all options because you may not know what exactly is going to fuel you within, or sometimes we're just multi-passionate. I mean, yeah. I'm guilty of that. Like I do so many things fuel me. And I know I see you light up with different things too. So I think we have to give ourselves that the grace to explore a little bit before we really define who we are when we're starting something new. I agree. I totally agree. Okay. So I have a couple more questions for you. Sure. So what was your biggest frustration or fear when you first started, or maybe not even when you first started, but when you really branched out on your own and you didn't have Mike there to support you mm-hmm. or, or, or take you on these learning experiences and conferences and stuff? Like what was your biggest fear, biggest frustration? My biggest fear, honestly, was like, the taxes and the financial part of building a business, because that's not where I shine. You know, you got to remember, I came from a like psychology degree background and I did that on purpose, by the way, because I'm not a numbers person. Right. (laughs) And so I literally, when I was picking my major, I'm thinking, which one has the less amount of math 
there's like two semesters of statistics I'm in and that was it. <laughs> you know, the rest was, you know, <laughs> so, so that was like my biggest um, frustration, but then you got to surround yourself with the people who the experts in those areas. And so like my two favorite people, like I don't really have a team. I'm a solopreneur, but if I were to have a team and say there were a team, my, my team members are like my CPA and my bookkeeper. I love them because they know what they're doing and they talk to each other and they figure it out. So that was my biggest fear. I'm like, I'm not smart enough to do this when I, you know, just start a business because I don't understand taxes and I hate bookkeeping. I can do it, but I just like, I hate it. Um, so that was my biggest frustration and fear. But then my other one, like directly relating to my business is social media. When it started was, didn't really do a video component to it. And then when video was on the rise, I was like, oh, I got to get in front of a camera. That was scary to me. And it took me a long time to get over that, getting in front of like a video camera and seeing myself on film and all that good stuff. What, what did you do? Like, how did you talk yourself into it or how did you overcome that fear? So a couple of things. Um, my husband and I enrolled in Toastmasters. Do you know what Toastmasters is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a local chapter here. Do, and, and I really recommend it for anybody who doesn't like getting up in front of people and, and speaking. That's one of the best tools out there to help, help you overcome that fear. And it also helps you get your message across more succinctly and without using filler words, those sort of things. So that was the first one. Then the second thing that really helps me were stories, whether it's on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, it's 10 to 15 seconds of video time, right? And I figured I can do anything for 10 to 15 seconds and, and get over it. And so I feel like those little snippets got me feeling more and more comfortable. And then um, now I can do lives and I can do pre-recorded video and all that stuff and feel good about it. You know, it's funny because I was the same way. I mean, I have this just awful fear of public speaking and being in front of the video mm -hmm. camera and everything, but it's, it's doing those little snippets that mm -hmm. helped. And it was, and I learned not to script anything because if yeah. I script things and I don't speak from my heart or just from my own knowledge, then I tend to panic thinking, oh, I'm going to forget to say something. Yeah. But I think that's great. That's a great, um, I guess, piece of advice without even meaning to give advice is just to do little bits at a time until mm -hmm. you feel more comfortable. I'm still not great with the lives um, just because I, I, never, I never know exactly like which buttons to push or with, you know how to leave a, a comment on there or whatever. So I'm still not great with the lives on Instagram, but, um, but doing the pre-recorded that, that I'm really comfortable with now. But like you said, it, it took me a while. That was a yeah. major fear for me. Me too. Yeah. But I got over it. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. finally. Yeah. We definitely have that in common. So, okay. What is the best piece of advice you would offer someone who was thinking about transitioning out of phase one and moving into phase two, or maybe they were in phase one and then maybe had an experience like you had and are now moving into phase two. Like, what is the best piece of advice you could give someone? I would say just start. Honestly, it's as simple as just starting and starting messy. And I did too. And the thing that's really good about that is there are experts who can get you out of the messiness. So my, my CPA, he, he's amazing. He's been with me from the very beginning. Actually, he did my personal taxes before I even started in business. And 
we've had to unravel some stuff, but at least, you know, I started because if I waited to get all that stuff right from the beginning, I would have never started. And so I think you just got to rip it off like a bandaid and just start. And I honestly started my business without telling anybody because I was afraid that somebody was going to say, oh no, you can't do it. And I didn't want anybody talking me out of it. And so I just did it without telling anyone. And that was the best thing for me. And I started little by little. My, my first couple of jobs, I was making, honest to God, $10 an hour. But for me, I couldn't drive at the time. And so $10 an hour from home to me was like $100 an hour because it, it just, you know, it it's what I needed to get started. So start small and start messy and don't worry about making mistakes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Because if, like you said, if you do make a mistake, there's always a way to fix it or yeah. learn from it. So what does personal branding mean to you? Personal branding means to me, and you know, I know everybody's heard this, but I truly believe it because I'm in networking as well, like local networking. And it's how people describe you to somebody else when you're not standing right there. And so, and I love that because if somebody can explain all of those things I said in the beginning about me when I'm not there coaching them, then I know I've done my job and I know that they get it. And sometimes I think people can explain me better than I can explain myself. And, and that's also personal branding to me too. When, when I feel like I got into their heads somehow and, and they can describe who I am and what I do better than I can. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what personal branding is. It's infusing your personality into your business. And so if people can understand who you are, even when you're not in a room, that's, mm-hmm. that's magic. And that's yeah, it is about, yeah. So it's interesting to me that you have a background in psychology, because I think so much of digital marketing and social media strategy has a psychology component because it is intimidating. It's anxiety promoting. It's, you know, it, there's so many components to it. It's understanding what the other people need or want from you. So do you, do you refer back to your degree at all when you're working or is it subliminal that you do maybe or? Yeah. You know, I think it's intrinsically inside me, like just understanding how people think and being able to maybe anticipate their next thought or anticipate where they're going to go after they hear that, or also being able to look at them in notice the signs of them being confused or needing more information. It's just, and I think it's working honestly in customer service for so long and working with, when I say so long in customer service, but back at Sunglass Hut, we were trained a lot about how to work with customers and also how to work with store managers because you had to remember as a corporate office employee, they look at you a little bit differently. They look at you as an us against them type thing because you've got these store managers who are working in the field, but yet you're working in the, um, the ivory tower of corporate and it's that us against them thing. And you have to break down that barrier and know how to do it. And that's knowing people and being able to um, communicate with people at any level. So, yeah. And communication is what you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. but, you know, you were doing it then and, and that's what you're doing yeah. now. You're communicating messages that need to be heard or for your clients or for yourself. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. So what is one of your guilty pleasures that might surprise, surprise people? I have two. (laughs) So my first one is, and this is just so my husband doesn't understand it, but I'm a real housewives junkie. (laughs) So (laughs) 
so, <laughs> no, so I love like the real housewives of Orange County. That's like my escape. So it's like whenever I need to like just unwind and unplug and like not think about things, I go there. And my second one, because I just, my daughter introduced it to me um, maybe two or three weeks ago is TikTok. It's addicting and it's entertaining and it keeps me up at night, which is not good because I like to watch it. <laughs> so what do you watch on it? Oh my I've gosh. Been on it. I've, I won't let Gracie get it. So I haven't gotten it because I figure then she's going to look at it on my phone or, you know, she's going to be even more curious about it if I have it. So I haven't even downloaded it yet. It's so funny because um, my daughter and I were comparing our TikToks because um, the, their algorithm is so super sophisticated. It knows exactly the type of content that you want to see. And so my content versus my daughter's content is so extremely different. So mine, I love seeing um, there's doctors, like physicians, they have like this whole subculture on TikTok, which is amazing. Some of them are just doing like dances and stuff where other ones are giving you advice. There's this one guy that shows you like internal organs and stuff. Like if you have any interest about what your brain looks like or about what your heart looks like, it's interesting to me because you never see like what your organs look like. Um, there are these other ones that are transformation type videos, like the women who do like the contouring makeup things and like, they'll do it in a minute flat. You know, they're pausing the video as they're, you know, gradually, gradually getting into their makeup, but that kind of thing. There are these other ones, um, that are kind of introductory posts. There's a song, a certain song and it says like, what's your name? And then they put like a text up what their name is, what their sign is, like just fun stuff to get to know people. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know. I understand as a mom, I don't know how I, my daughter's, you know, 19. She's older, now, yeah. Gracie's yeah. only 12. So I'm trying to keep her off of social media for it, as long as I possibly can. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. But, um, it's just entertaining and people are so creative. That's the one thing I love about TikTok is how creative people can be in 60 seconds or less or less, yeah. even with their business. Like you've got, um, for example, oh, there's a couple of people who are interesting. There's like a bunch of, um, debt relief people out there who will give you tips about like negotiating, you know, debt if you have it and stuff. And one of my friends locally, I didn't know this, but he was on TikTok and he is a lawyer and that's exactly what he does. And he gives a tip every day about like, you know, if you're being, if, agencies are after you or something like that, which I thought was interesting. So there's definitely a business component. To oh, there's a huge business component to it. And I don't think people should knock it. I think you guys need to just explore it first and yeah. see. How, yeah. And like I said, that algorithm is super um, advanced. So what you want to do when you are looking for business type things, search that kind of content so that it goes into your feed. Oh, that's fascinating. I just might have to check it out. I think you should secretly do it. Don't tell, don't tell your daughter you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be my little secret. Yep, exactly. <laughs> keeping me up at night, I'll have a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's your turn. You get to ask me a question if you want. You don't have to, but if you have a question on personal branding or anything, feel free. You get to ask me now. So yeah, I want to know how you actually got into personal branding. Totally by accident. Really? Really. So. When I first started my, when I first decided to go to do more with my photography and I started a blog, my very first client was a personal branding client. 
it wasn't even a thing back then. You know, there was branding, of course, but it wasn't what it is today. And it wasn't personal branding. And she was a musician and entertainer. And I did her photography for her, for her website. And I just fell in love. Just something in me lit up when I was mm -hmm. working with her. And I, I mean, I have done so much photography and I love all of it, but that I just knew at that moment when I worked with her, that that's what I wanted. I wanted that connectivity with other, you know, like-minded professionals, people mm -hmm. that were goal oriented and in business. And I, I didn't want to lose that side, the stra strategic side of from when I was working as, you know, with using my doctorate in pharmacy and working as a corporate person, I didn't want to lose that all together. And so this was, has been a perfect blend of that for me. I get to have my creative side and really create and compose, yet I get to be strategic and really guide people on the process of personal branding and how to do it and all of that. Cool. So how did you get into photography? So I've loved it my whole life and I had taken a lot of classes and then I guess, well, nine years ago, our life just was crazy with John's travel schedule. Um, he was traveling globally. And so he was gone a lot and the boys were in travel sports and things just were getting very crazy and chaotic and the anxiety levels in our home were really escalating with me working. Even though I was working part-time, I was a freelance writer. And so I was having to travel for different meetings and, and going to clients in other states and things like that. And it just, it was a lot because we mm -hmm. didn't have family here to support us. So for me to go away was a lot of logistics and our oldest started showing some signs of anxiety and social anxiety and just pressure anxiety. And it just was time to yeah. stop the rat race and do something different. And thank God I have a supportive husband who said it was his idea. He's like, why don't you do something with it? And, wow. did. and awesome. it's been, um, a lot of hustle. I've made mm -hmm. a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of things wrong, but it's been a journey that has just been so rewarding. And I've met so many amazing people mm -hmm. that I just, I could never turn back and I will never, ever regret it because it's just been wonderful. Yeah. You know, it's funny because both my husband and I own our own businesses and we both say that we're totally unemployable right now because once you work for yourself and you have that freedom to do what you want to do and when and how you want to run your business, there's no going back. I mean, there really isn't. And we've both been doing it for so long, like at me for since 2007. Yeah. So 12 years you've been at it, which is a long time. Yeah. And I'm nine years. And I, I think about that, like I would rather work 24 seven on my own time mm -hmm. doing it my way than having to go back to a reporting structure and, and all of that, because it would be so difficult. And this way too, I'm home for my kids. Like yeah. for me, that's the most important thing is that I've been able to work my schedule around their schedules. I want to be their mom. Yeah. And that was important to me too, um, having my own business and just getting healthy again. If I hadn't had the opportunity to work for myself and pace myself, it wasn't like I could go to corporate America and say, okay, you know, my body's feeling weak. I need to go lay down in the conference room for a little bit. Um, I was able to do that on my own terms. And then eventually my body got stronger and I've been in complete remission for years, for years. And, um, 
I was thinking about mm -hmm. that as you were talking about it earlier, how you being able to stay home and work from home had to have helped your healing process. Because I think that daily grind and wear and tear on your body, whether it's a long commute or a short commute, mm -hmm. but there's added stress, there's added pressure, and then you would have had to worry more about your daughter and who was taking care of her. And I think stress, anxiety, worry, all of those things compound illness. So I think that was mm -hmm. a huge blessing for you. Absolutely. And then like, I think a lot of things like exercise and diet and things like that, nutrition, you know, when you're in a corporate setting and, and maybe you get a half hour for lunch or something like that, it's not like you can make yourself this nice fresh salad or something or whatever it is you're going to have um, that I was able to do for myself, you know, to get healthy. So yeah, it's, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I had to go through a lot of hard, rough spots. I had to go through the whole MS thing to get where I wanted to be today. But I wouldn't trade it. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm certainly glad you are where you are today because you have been a major blessing to me and to my clients. And I just think it's such a joy to work with you. So I am so thrilled that you were here today. I thank you so much for taking the time to do this. As I told you, you're you're really my first interview for this new podcast. And I I chose you for several reasons. One, because I knew your backstory and I wanted to share it because I think it's so inspiring. And I just feel like you offer so much to the world and with such positivity that I want everybody to know you. So thank you. Thank you for so much for having me on and for me being the first one. That's so exciting. And it's been it's been a lot of fun. I think this podcast is gonna be great. I think people are gonna learn a lot from it and all the different interviews that you have and take whatever inspiration or motivation they need in order to get into their second phase. Yeah. This is really cool. <laughs> it is cool. It really is. And it, and it really is, like you said earlier, what you make of it. So I think, mm -hmm. it's, I think it's really great. Okay. So with that, mm -hmm. tell everybody where they can find you, what the best way to connect with you is and where you hang out. Yeah, I hang out mostly on Instagram. I love Instagram. So I'm um, Laura underscore Shipman there. And then I have a Facebook page, um, which is Laura Shipman Official. You will find me on my podcast at the Laura Shipman Show, and you'll find me on TikTok now too, <laughs> um, which is also, I forget what my name is there. I think it's Laura Shipman on TikTok. Um, and then I have a website, lauraShipman.com. And when you spell Laura, it's L-O-R-A. A lot of people will say they can't find me it's because I spell me with a different spelling of Laura. <laughs> so. That's like Robin with a Y instead yep. of an I. Could yep. you ever find those little license plates for your bicycle when you were a kid? So hard, and I hated that. <laughs> Me too. I remember one time I got one with an I, and I just used red marker to make the Y. That's great. <laughs> I, I have to that. have that license plate. <laughs> That's so funny. That's perfect. Well, everyone, that is it for today. Laura, thank you so much for being here. And everybody, please check her out. Follow her. I am telling you, you will not regret it. She's a wealth of information and just a blessing to everybody. So thank you, Laura, for being here. And until next time, everyone. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. Before you go, have we connected on Instagram yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Find me at the Robin Graham. It's Robin with a Y. And take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in your stories so that I can find you too. You can also find me on Facebook, 
at Robin Graham Photography and on LinkedIn as Robin Graham. I hope you'll follow me in those places so that we can stay connected and I can get to know more about you as well. And remember, if you found this information helpful or think a friend might enjoy it, please spread the word. Until next time, remember to smile.